hidethingmedia.com. The network, oof, without constraints. Hi everybody, welcome to part four of our six-part series on how to write a book. But before we get into it, again, going to ask you to visit wrongtermmemory.com or buymeacoffee.com forward slash wrongtermmemory. Leave us a little tip so I can buy some cable ties, etc. But, Colin, how are you, mate? I'm good. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, still enjoying this, so well done, guys. It's it's, it's been a big good one to be part of. So very much looking forward to this one as well because this one, what we're dealing with today, I've, I've never written a book, but my day-to-day working life, I get this topic a lot. So I'm looking forward to hearing how Martin dealt with it during his process. So over to you, Martin. How are you? I'm very well, boys. Thank you. Um, it's been it's been fun. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, sure. We're going to cover dealing with blocks this episode, and a guy who, I don't know, like maybe didn't deal with blocks and just wrote the next thing that came into his fucking head and just like just went mad was uh, Dan Brown. Um, nearly 20 years ago now, the Da Vinci Code came out. The Jesus. mystery, yeah, yeah, 2003 it was. The mystery thriller novel um, about secret sex and the struggle between fucking the Opus Dell and X, Y and Z. It was all over the place, right? I'm going to just put it out there. At the time, I would have been, I'm really bad at this whole math thing, 18, 19. I got it out of the library and read it and quite enjoyed the story, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't, don't partic- I can't particularly get behind the people saying, about all the historical inaccuracies. It's a fucking piece of fiction. But my favourite thing to do is get Martin to read some of the some of the reviews. So Martin, can you take us away with reviews about the Da Vinci Code, please? Well, this is from uh, some other uh, authors, I guess. Salman Rushdie called it uh, a novel so bad that it gives bad <laughs> a bad name. <laughs> oh, superb, man. I like that. Um, good old Jody uh, of the the ho- uh, airport fiction fame. Um, I don't understand the hype over such a poorly written novel. And as an author who does all our own research, I know better than to consider myself an expert in the field I am writing about. See again, that's that's is Dan Brown kidding on that he's an expert in papacy or whatever? Like I don't particularly get the dig. It's a it's a work of fiction. So to dig it up for historical accuracies just seems a little bit gauche. I think um, I think one of the one of the issues is that the vast majority of his readership probably didn't have a good grounding of the actual facts and just took it all at face value. And I think that's where a lot of the criticisms came in that right. it was putting something together as fact, and most of the readership, and this sounds really pretentious and horrible, didn't know any better. Um, I, I think I, I didn't I didn't massively enjoy this book. I did read it, um, but I do appreciate the fact that it put books into a lot of hands that doesn't normally have them, which is a good thing. But I do think that's where that criticism mostly aimed at, and that it did sort of just serve up something that the vast majority of people just took at face value and didn't think more of. One last review, Martin, from a linguistics expert, which I particularly enjoyed. Yeah, Jeffrey Pullum. Um, Brown's writing is not just bad, it is staggeringly, clumsily, thoughtlessly <laughs> and almost ingeniously bad. Like, it's not it's not a good book. Uh, it's not a well-written book. 
Um, she's an adventure story about this guy running about. Like, can you can you really take a like, maybe I'm just sticking up for it because I enjoyed it when I was a youngster, but that's my take. Uh, it depends what you're you're, you're looking at, and I, I think there's a couple of things at play from other authors, uh, and when they set that tone, well, if Salmon Rusty thinks it's bad, I really should think it's bad, and so it sets a sets a bit of a uh, a fashion, I guess. This is this is the narrative uh, about this narrative. Um, I think what they're really saying, what they're really annoyed at, is the success of it. What they're really annoyed at is that the people think this is good, uh, and it's probably because it's it's set against the classics, against theology, against I I, I guess some serious a serious backdrop, right? It's, it's set against quite a, a kind of intellectual backdrop, perhaps, which is usually the domain of um, intellectual writers. Um, if it was set maybe elsewhere. It could still have the, the you know the, the the pace of it could still give um the good old adventure romp. Uh, but I enjoyed I, the pace of it. That was the thing. I, I enjoyed that it was 190 chapters that were three or four pages long. You could just flick through it. But but I guess because it's set in this particular setting, there's maybe an expectation from some people that it should match the backdrop, that the standard of the writing should match the the the, the, the gravitas. The, of the, the the subject matter, and I, I guess that's where they were they were let down. But I had, I get I'm a bit confused. Literally, uh, literary criticism is a good thing. We should be able to take apart um, what's good and what's bad, and why it's good and why it's bad. But it kind of stops there. You don't have to read it again, and that's it. I mean. There's plenty of space out there for for high art and and and, and low rent stuff. Um, people just enjoy what they enjoy. Uh, we've also got a, a one star review uh, as we as we live on this show for this book. Uh, the review is. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind Drunk Their Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listing pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. It's titled Another Good Reason to Avoid So-Called Best Sellers. I bought this book to see if it really was highly enjoyable and a mind-twisting riddle book and so on. As I expected, I'm highly disappointed. Leaving aside the obvious misconceptions and the horrible errors about art, in this art-based mystery, the story is pretty dumb. It does involve a desperate search in ancient castles for all Europe, and it ends without all the twists promised. I understood the main revelation as soon as the character bearing it was introduced. I swear the fame this book earned is only related to meddling with church business. So that kind of covers what Martin was saying. That's why people get pissed off about it. I'm going to say it again. It's a work of fucking fiction. Who cares if fucking 
dragons turn up. Game of Thrones, like, are people dissing that because it's got fucking dragons in it? No. I've not watched it all. Uh, I kind of turned it off to be honest with you but we're not here just to pan um, Dan Brown or stick up from in my case um, I've actually read that one Martin yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> not that isn't going to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Oh, oh dear let's, let's move on from that quickly um, we're, we're talking about dealing with blocks today uh, but before you block uh, Jack Martin how yeah. did that? How how did that go for you? Did, how many times did you come up against that wall, and what did you do to try and get through it? it, it a couple of small things, but you you, you did go over those. Uh, I had a I had a big big block um, for about a month. I didn't write a thing. Um, now at this time I'm writing. I am moving house, but I am staying with my in laws for, for for two months because our house isn't ready, um, and that's. I think anyone would agree, a pretty stressful process. Uh, so lots of things going on, lots of plates being spun. I have a busy job, this isn't what I do. Um, and I think I was just done. Now, I reached I, I, at a decent pace. Again, I'm going from 50 down to one. Um, and I got to 24. And I was in my in-laws. And it was Rangers' first ever match, um, which was uh, a game against Calendar in, in 1872. Not a lot of detail about the, the, the tactical phases of play and, 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 and <laughs> what happened, a nil-nil draw, uh, but clearly very important as a, as a first step in, 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 um, in the symbolism around it. My main problem was there was a book already written about uh, the founders, the, the gallant pioneers, and there is the Founders Trail, a very popular um, uh, bus tour going through Rangers' early history. I would also have to use some of the stuff there, the, the, the research that these guys um, had, had done, um, but I didn't know how to not just repeat the whole thing. And this is a really important chapter and a combination of just, again, house move, stress with that, uh, and I probably just a bit fatigue. But it manifested in this. Uh, I was in a, a train down to Birmingham. I wrote the title. You know, number 24, Rangers now, calendar now. And I, I, I couldn't, I, I broke my rule actually by starting without even thinking about what, right, what's, what are you going to say that's different here? Um, so I, I just shut my laptop off. Uh, that was uh, late August. Um, and I, I didn't type a word for four weeks. I was going to Ibrox um, for a game at the end of September. And it was a beautiful sunny day. I saw the main stand. Now, anyone who knows, Ibrook Stadium, our main stand is well, something that we were very proud of. It's very majestic. It's you know stood the test of time. It has a real class about it. Sometimes you take these things for granted. Sometimes just the glint of the weather or whatever, it it does things to you. And I just remember thinking just how how incredible this is, that the four boys in what's now Kelvin Grove Park were complaining to each other that this new craze of association football, they don't have a football team. Why don't they start one? And out of that conversation, we have this. And I thought, that's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous when you start to think of it. And I instantly remembered uh, a, a bit of Camus that I read at university about, you know, all great deeds and all great thoughts of a ridiculous beginning. All of them. Uh, great works are often born in a, a street corner or in a, a restaurant's revolving door. In other words, these germs of these incredible ideas um, are completely diminished. The, 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 their origins are, are, are so um, humble from the, the, you know, the final product. 
And so that's it. That's my that's my thing. Um, and I think I wrote the best chapter of the one of the best chapters in the book. Um, the, the next day, and I was up and up and running again. Um, and I didn't really stop. Uh, that, that was the pace of it. But I let I let I let myself rest. Uh, I spoke to my my publisher in that month to say, look, this isn't going to be for Christmas. Like, look, don't worry about it. As it happens, we, we we have that time, the schedule. But but yeah, January, February, really, it needs to be no problem. I'll have it done by then. Um, but here's where I am. I just I needed a break, and I needed to get that idea right. I could have written a chapter in that game. I could have whizzed through it, rehashed, reheated some of the great work that's been done by other writers. Um, but it would have annoyed me to this day. Um, and I it. Without even thinking, wasn't conscious. It was just this, 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 yeah, that thing that happened that day, and away, away I went. I suppose that kind of neatly joins together some of the advice that I've um, read online, basically. Or not advice. One of them is, were you in denial? Did you ever like say to somebody, "No, I'm fine. I don't have block." And then was there? I don't think there would have been with you, Martin, but was there that temptation to just fuck? write anything basically just to get over it temptation's always there or the the, the feeling and or i need to get moving on this i'm going to let my publisher down for the the kind of october november um kind of deadline um but i knew that i, I didn't want that um i don't think i was ever really in denial i knew that i'd, I'd hit i'd hit the buffers um now clearly there comes a point where that that becomes a serious problem if you can't get going at all, then this book isn't going to isn't going to happen. And I think if it go in a few more weeks, then I, I really would have tried to grind something out because I would be left with no choice, or I maybe left that and do what I didn't want to do, which was do things um, out of sequence. And I just kind of uh, jumped on, but I knew that this would be in my head that this is a really important. It's right in the middle of the book. It's such an a, a, an emotional tie that fans have to this 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 event, this game. I need to get it right. Um, and then lucky enough. Just that, that 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 brief remembrance of something that I'd studied, oh God, ten years before, whenever, um, and that that became that became a chapter, and half the chapter is about that calendar game on Fleshless Hall, and half the chapter is about Camus and the, the the ridiculousness of of football itself, and and that worked, that worked a treat. Um, <laughs> if you have too many of the blocks, uh, then you might have structural issues. There might be a reason that those blocks exist, and you might have to go back to that the start of that process. Is this an actually is this actually an idea? Because if it's not, you 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 might run out of those blocks more often than than not, and you have to be honest with yourself. Um, anyone can type, anyone, but it, that doesn't mean you've actually got a, a book there. You've not got a, 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 a string of coherent thoughts and arguments and you know whatever else. Martin. Um... I think if I was in your position with this sort of thing, I would have been tempted to move on to the next game and to say I'll come back to that one later. Tell me why you didn't do that and why what I'm suggesting is probably the wrong thing to do. In a lot of cases, Colin, it, it, it's absolutely sensible advice because you, you, yeah, we, you do need to keep moving or there'll be a feeling and, a, and an urgency that you need to keep moving. And people who are better at compartmentalising their thoughts would be able to do that. They would be able to park that. But I don't think I could write well enough with that still in my mind that I haven't I haven't yeah. 
solved this problem here. I haven't finished this and therefore I'm not going to be given the concentration and other things. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at just, uh, I'll forget about that and come back to it later because it, it was annoying me. And then it was a case of just take a breath. I remember my publisher pretty much said, look, don't worry about it. Just take, don't even think about writing for, for a while. Um, and as it happened, I was literally moving house the next week. So things had maybe cleared on, on that score. So maybe there was just, it's just a, a block in the brain in general, just having to divert it to more serious things like, have we, have we got uh, a removal company? Have we, have we got this and that? Um, is everything in place for this? Is the furniture coming at the right time? All, all this kind of stuff. And once that had been sorted, um, probably no coincidence that, ping, there's that, there's that idea, there's that link, and away we go. Did you ever consider not asking me? Because, well, we know all about um, me not reading your book. But did you ever consider like asking, asking a mate, asking a friend for... Maybe not like what should I write here, but like a, a little bit of guidance or advice. Um, it would have come to that, uh, but I I was never overly stressed. I just knew that this wasn't happening, but it would. You know, I've written I've written well for half a book. I'm not all, all of a sudden going to lose that that power. So there was a confidence that I will think of something. Something will will stick, uh, and once we did the, the rest, I just needed a rest, Jack. I think that that's really all. And, and my advice would be that, that sometimes you just need to listen. Otherwise, you will churn something out and it will read like it's been churned out. And I, what's the point? Yeah, again, so I'm getting advice, Martin, so thanks. No problem. Colin, as always. Yeah, great stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in work tomorrow and then just thinking back on this conversation. So cheers. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, we'll speak to you soon. only the best pods in the best network quite the thing media.com <laughs>